Welcome to the Jelly Cove Book Club, where we love to have cozy chats about the books we're reading and celebrate all things bookish. I'm your host, Sophie. Whether you're listening to this on the beach, in your car, or while you cook, I hope every episode feels like a sunshiny getaway for your mind. So get comfy, grab a fun drink, and enjoy. Hello, hello, good morning. Welcome to a brand new episode of Jolly Cove. I'm here with SG and Isa for an early morning recording once again. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, I think we should just kick it off. Jolly Drinks Corner. What do we got this morning, ladies? Super exciting. A warm cup of lemon water because I found if I drink this before I drink my caffeine in the morning, then it helps with inflammation throughout the day. It's really good to start your morning off with antioxidants. So healthy girl. Love it. Issa, what do you what do you got? I'm drinking a chai tea that I made on the kettle that you got me for my wedding. Now I'm an expert at using it because when she came over to the house, I was like, show me how to use this. And now I've used it like 50 times. I'm so happy. That's dreamy. I'm kind of boring. I'm just having my morning coffee that's kind of gone cold now. So like more drinking just coffee with a side of water next to me. Um, But yeah, it's good. Just from the little coffee machine here at my Airbnb in St. Martin. Okay, that brings us into quickly our little life updates, what we've been up to since the last time we chatted on the mics. I'll kick it off. I've been in St. Martin, which is an island in the Caribbean, for just over two weeks now. I'm flying home tomorrow, Um, but it's been like a really cool, interesting trip. My husband, Josh, is actually here for work, which is kind of a long story, but I tagged along and I've been having a very wonderful time. I'm vlogging everything pretty much. I've been vlogging quite a lot here. So that'll all be up on YouTube very soon. Actually, the first video is already up, but anyway, that's where I've been and it's been really fun. What have y'all been up to? I have not been in St. Martin. I've been in Orlando (laughs) for most of the time. Um, Honestly, getting back into some travel these last couple of weekends and like heading into a couple of weekends, which I'm excited about because we stayed put for most of January and February. But I've been really thankful for some cozy time at home, reading my jolly books with my girlies. I love it. That's exciting. What have I been up to? It's been pretty – no, it hasn't been pretty chill. It's been pretty chaotic, (laughs) but we've been at the the house, so that's been nice. Um, I had my mom come into town. Because for Christmas, well, it was for Christmas, but it wasn't really like she knew it was coming probably because every year we go to Dancing with the Stars. And so for Christmas, I gave her the tickets, but it was in Miami this time. I don't even think they came to Orlando. So it was a cute little field trip. She came down to the house and we went to it and it was so so fun. fun. It was really nice. Yeah, and then it was Mario's dad's birthday recently, so we went to his like birthday gala. That looked fabulous. It was like a wedding. It looked he incredible. Sixtieth bash. It was a bash. It yeah. was a bash and a half. So yeah, we've just been doing family stuff. Moving right along into our thoughts on this book, let's just quickly give our brief overall thoughts. I'm dying to hear what SG thought because I feel like she's probably got the hottest take. I don't know. We'll see. What did you think, Ashley? You kick it off. Here's what I want to preface by saying is like, I'm generally a very, very positive person. Like I can look (laughs) on the bright side of most things and I love most everything that I read. Like even if it's it's not my favorite book ever, like I will find something that I loved about or like a great thing. (laughs) If we hadn't been reading this for Jolly Cove, I really think this would have been a DNF for me. (gasps) 
I'm shook beyond Wait, what belief. is the DNF? Do not. Do, did not finish. Oh. <laughs> there was like a couple of parts that kept me engaged, but for the most part, like I just felt sad the whole time I was reading this book. Like I did not walk away from this book feeling like happy and like even some books that have a really sad ending, I feel like they're so deep and you get such like great quotes walking out of it or you just leave with like a warm feeling. Even if you're sad, this book left me with none of that. There were no quotes. I walked away being like, wow, like I'm obsessed. I want to carry that forever. Um, I'm honestly speechless. <laughs> it took me a while to get through. I think it took me like almost a week to get – no, over a week to get through this book because I truly – it's not a thick book. There's a, not many words on a page. I just truly like – I did not like this book. It wasn't for I you. can't believe it, but it was not for me. And I think some books are more redeeming because like they're very – they feel just so well written to the point where you are touching on all of your senses and you just feel like you're there in the book. And I just did <laughs> not get that vibe from this book. It was not my – the only things I loved, I loved that it was in London – any book in London is like a million out of 10. Like that gives you some bonus points. Yeah, I agree with that. But otherwise, nope, was not for me. I have a follow-up on that. Yes. What was it that like made you sad? Like was it the was it the topic that because it was kind of like a nostalgic book or like did it give you anxiety about the future? No. Or what was it? I think – it was, first of all, the anxiety of her, like, just not loving her life in the start, like, feeling like she thought she was in a place, like, she was not happy at the beginning of the book. Then she gets thrust into the future, and she's miserable for the first, like, most of the time, really, until the last quarter of the book. She's miserable in her new life. She's like, I don't know how to do anything. I don't know my job. I'm confused. Like, I want to go back. 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 And it wasn't until, like, the very end that she's like, oh, wait, like, this is exciting. And it's like, to me, I was just like, girl, like, you're so upset with everything. Like, you get what you want. You don't like it. And then she's like, I want to go back. And then they're like, well, you may not have – you're not guaranteed the future. So, like, hope you see your kids and husband again. It's like, to me, it was just like, is it worth it? Golly, yeah. I was just, I literally was laying in bed and I was like, you are an idiot. Last night I was reading it out loud. And like, I get why she went back. Like, that's all I'm going to say. But like, I was just not, I was just upset the whole time. It just made me sad. Wow. That's a take. <laughs> that's a take. I can definitely see where you're coming from. It's not like so far out of left field, but I just perceived this book in such a different way. Like, I thought it was so fun, so entertaining. I love the premise. I was laughing out loud like multiple times. I thought it was hysterical. I thought it was really fun. I really like warmed up to the characters. I really liked Lucy. Yes, she was like kind of a chaotic like lunatic at points, but she's so funny. So I loved Isa. I loved it too. <laughs> I felt like this was one of my favorites we've done so far. I know SG's looking at me like, what? No, I'm not. I'm so sorry. I just got a notification on my phone that Taylor Swift is live right now. She's singing one of the songs from Tortured Poets Department in Sydney, Australia right now. She just finished. Stop, stop. And she brought out – That's exciting. Um, girly Pop. Sorry. I literally just got like this notification. It was like Taylor Swift is – not Taylor Nation. Taylor Swift is live. Who did she bring out? And I lost it. Sorry. That's rare. Um, Sabrina Carpenter. Queen. Sorry. I sorry. Her. I did not mean to interrupt. I just got shook to my core. I'm so excited. Okay. Back to business. So <laughs> I – I really enjoyed it. 
I I really liked Lucy. I felt like she was very likable. Like I felt like I was rooting for her throughout the book. Yeah. Like Sophie, like you said, I fell in love with the kids. I, mm-hmm. I felt like those were some of the funniest parts of the book, like seeing her relationship with Felix Me too. and I how he really Felix. understood her struggle. Like I thought that was so cute. He, I think he was an eight or something, yeah. but he said a few things that I was like, oh gosh, like it was really, mm-hmm. it was really touching to see basically the kids fall in love with their mom yeah. because I don't, I haven't read a lot of books where they talk, talk a lot, like go into depth about the children mother relationship yeah so I thought that was really different that's so true I don't know I I loved everything they talked about with female friendships I feel like she did a really good job at developing the female friendships and like adding layers and depth to it I felt like it was very authentic like reading the way they spoke to each other and some of the different even references that they made to like real life things like they talked about Stephanie Meyer's novels and they talked about yeah I did like that I think they said Taylor Swift a couple times and they just brought in a lot of real life stuff that I'm interested in they talked about Carrie Bradshaw and I think that kept me in the narrative because I was like oh she's like me like they live in a world that like fun pop culture is similar to mine yeah and I haven't read a book recently that I felt like connected to me like that so I loved it I love that. I loved it I'm too. I'm so happy that y'all loved it. <laughs> She's like, happy for you. <laughs> I think that it's like a very specific trope. And like I saw scenes. I never watched all 13 going on 30, but like I saw clips of it. And like I didn't love the premise of it then. So I think it's just like it's a very specific trope that some people love and some people don't. And I think it just like is not my thing. It was giving click. You know the movie with Adam Sandler? I'm like a yes. big Adam Sandler girl. I know what I haven't yes. seen it, but I know what you're talking about. And Wesley and my friend Josie talk about that being like the saddest movie they've ever watched. And I think like literally as soon as I started reading this book, I was like, I've never seen that movie, but I get why it's sad because this book is just making me sad. Mm. Yeah, it's like a really great movie and it has like a lot of funny parts, but it is sad. That's why it reminded me of this. Cause it makes you reflect on your life. And I think maybe that's like because I did experience, I was reading it, I was like, this is sad. It makes you really think about the future and your relationships. I didn't yeah. cry throughout. I don't want to get into it, actually. <laughs> I know you ask us if we cry later. But yeah. it was like at the end, I shut the book and I was like, wow. Like, I'm yeah. really going to have to download all of this. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely like a lot to process at the end, I feel like. But while I was reading it, it was definitely – more deep and like a little bit sadder of a book than I expected because I went into it thinking it was a romance. That's why I picked it for February because I'm like, oh, it'll be like a fun, light, silly rom-com. And like it definitely was at moments felt like a rom-com and there was like tons of comedy in it, but it was also like much more of a sad, deeper story. It wasn't a sad story, but there were definitely just like moments that made me feel sad. Like I think like the saddest thing for me is like these people woke up, like her family, like I know it was focused on her, but like I think about her poor family who like goes to bed and they think their mom That's what I was literally about to say. It's just like her husband like doesn't know this woman. That's so sad. It's just depressed me. Okay, let's dive into our dream casting slash Hollywood treatment. Did you guys picture anyone while you were reading this or do you have anyone who you feel like fits the bill? We're just going to do Lucy and Sam. So, okay, so I had a little trouble with this more than other books we've done because of like the jumping time portion Yeah. and how – and like I started thinking about the ages of the actors and I know sometimes like you pick actors that – or they have actors in movies that are different ages of like the character, like characters in high school and the actors like 25. Yeah. But – who I pictured 
straight up, like when I was reading, was the Scottish actor Kevin McKidd, who's in Grey's Anatomy. He's like the uh, doctor. I'm Googling. Oh, red hair. I forgot he has – does he have red hair? Well, in Grey's Anatomy he does. But in the book, did they say he has red hair? I don't know. That was just what it was giving to me. Okay. I, I see this. And then I thought of, okay, like a British lady that's like similar age range as him or that like wouldn't look too like strange with him for Lucy would be Emily Blunt. <gasps> that's my, That's exactly Shut what up. I have. That was I'm mine. Dead. Mine was we Emily Blunt. Really? That's actually crazy. Yes. That's wild. <laughs> Did you all pick someone for young? Because – for no. young Lucy, I picked someone else because I was like, there's no way that Emily Blunt could play a 25-year-old. Like, that would just be weird. For the young one, I picked Haley Lou Richardson. She's not British, but she gives that chaotic energy. from. She's on White Light Lotus. White, oh. White Lotus. And, I, and she's in a bunch of other movies. I've watched, like, rom-com. She's on that, like, oh, 100%. That That's one, a good one on Netflix where she falls in love on the airplane. If you guys haven't watched that, amazing. I freaking love that movie. It's incredible. I, and I watched it on an airplane, which made it just like 10 out of 10. It's called – Stop. Um, that Frick, like really We actually have to find out what the movie's called because it's one of the best rom-coms I've seen in the last like several years. I'm looking up right now because hey, everyone listening, that's the homework. Richardson uh, rom-com. Airplane movie. It should not be this one. Love, Love at, at First, first sight. sight. That's like that's such a generic one. name. Okay. <laughs> So that's who – literally. That's who I thought could play her, like young her. Like I could see a 25-year-old vibe. And also that movie Love at First Sight is in England. So I could just like see it, you know? Yeah, that makes so much sense. But really Emily Blunt and Kevin McKidd. Those are very good calls. I love that we all had Emily Blunt. That's really amazing. For Sam, I had Jude Law from The Holiday, but specifically when he's Mr. Napkinhead and he's like playing with the kids because he no, was such a good dad. Perfect. Isn't that cute? He's such a good dad and he's that's just like perfect. funny and silly with the kids and he's cute and he's British. So I thought it worked. As a shock to probably no one, I had Andrew Garfield for Sam. <laughs> so she's Andrew Garfield girly to my core. Are we ready to dive in to the questions? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. First question. If you woke up 16 years in the future, how would you react? Did Lucy's reaction make sense to you or would you have handled the turn of events differently? Honestly, I think that Lucy was being a bit of a brat. I was like, girlfriend, like everything you've been – like you have the perfect husband, like kids, a job you've dreamed of. And like if you go back, you could not get any of this. But I mean, I guess you didn't know that at the time. I think the worst part to me too was like finding out that our best friend died. Like, that to me was, like, mm. holy crap. Mm-hmm. I feel like my favorite part of this book was watching how she dealt with all this, like, especially, like, the first morning that she woke up and she's, like, who's this creepy old man in my bed? <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that was just so funny and entertaining. Um, how would I deal with it differently? I don't know. I mean, she did wish for this. I feel like she would – She could. it could have clicked quicker that, like – this is actually happening because you made a wish. Like it all would click together, but it's magical realism. So if she's like thinks she's in the real world, I understand that she's just like thinking she has memory loss. But if I thought that I had memory loss, I would be at the doctor 24-7 trying to figure this out, doing every test that I could do. They went to the doctor once and they're like, oh, you know, just wait and see what happens. And so they just waited and saw what happened, which I get for the book makes sense. But if it were me, like I would not be leaving the doctor's office (laughs) until I've got answers. No, I literally – I thought that there was going to be a twist at the end where they actually like revealed to us that it was memory loss and that she was like in a hospital bed, like 
it was like it was giving the notebook ending where you're like, and totally. she's the person and she's at the hospital and she, this is all like a dream. Like I felt like they were going that way and I was yeah. going to be very upset. So I was glad that didn't happen. Yeah. But I thought that was an interesting choice that they made to – to make everyone believe that it was like a memory memory loss problem, even going to the doctor telling them that when she knew, like she was like, I can't be real with the doctor. He's going to think I'm crazy, mm-hmm. which I also get that. Like the husband especially because he was being like very caring and being like, oh, this will be fun. I'll just act like like this. you're a new person and we'll just go out on dates and get to know each other again. But I feel like a real husband would have grieved more yeah. and it would have been more traumatic and maybe there would have been fighting and she would have been crying. And I don't know. I just felt like that part was too, too light for me. Yeah, I feel like everyone in her life just like was so chill about it. This like in, insanely uh-huh. crazy thing that happened. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty intense. But in terms of if I – Felt like the reaction made sense to me. Yeah. I felt like she was going to go back to 26 because she needed to evolve personally, I think, to experience what she saw that she was going to have in her 42, 41-year-old life. Mm Mm-hmm. That brings us to our next question, which we'll get into more of that, is at the end of the book, Lucy must decide whether to stay in the future or go back to her past life. Do you agree with her decision? What would you have done and why? So basically – would you have also gone back to relive your life from 26 or would you stay in this life now that you've like become attached to your husband and your kids in this life when you don't have to go through all the hard stuff? What would you have done? I think it's tricky because if the idea is that like she has the memories, like by the time she finishes all this, she won't know that she's missed anything. Like that was the takeaway I got was like, okay, Mm -hmm. if you choose to stay in this life, like all of your memories will come back. Like you'll never know that this happened. And it's like, so then – what is life but a collection of, like, memories of the life we've lived, you know? Like, my mom used to say that all the time growing up. Like, at the end of my life, I want to have collected memories, not things. And it's like, if life truly is this, like, grand collection of memories, then what is the point of risking that to go back and relive them when you've already lived them? Like, by the end of this experience, she will have still already lived them. Do you know what I mean? So that's where I was like, girl, what – why are you going back? Like you, by the time you regain your memories, it will feel as though you did live them. Like you will not know the difference. And so that's where I was confused. I was a little unclear on how that works. Like I think she would have known that she didn't actually live them, but it would just like the gaps would get filled in. So she would know that like she didn't actually go through it, but she would just know more stuff about her life. Like as if she like saw photos or videos of it. I don't know. I want to counter that because when she was on the train, she, when she remembers Chloe, it like hits her. Like she's there in the hospital. She sees the cords. Like she is in that moment as though it has happened. So like that's where to me I'm like, why are you going back? She would still have all the emotions from what she lived through, but I don't think – she still would just know in her mind I didn't actually live that. It's a memory that came back, I think. I don't know. Interesting. I agree. I think I would have grown too attached – to this life, to my kids, to my husband, and I wouldn't have wanted to risk going back and not ending up the same way because it is so, like, wonderful and ideal and it's exactly what she wanted. So, yeah, especially since we do learn that she does get, like, all of her memories and the gaps get filled in and stuff like that. Like, I understand why she wanted to go back and, like, actually live her life to become the person because you can't become the person who you are at 42 without living through your 20s and 30s. 
So I get it, but I I would have been so attached and like it would have been really hard. And also it's so sad that you don't remember. Like you're going to leave this life and not even know your husband and your kid and your kids from your potential future. And obviously 100%. at the end of the book, it makes it very clear that like she does end up with him and this is her future life because she goes to the karaoke bar at the end of the book and we know that that's where they met. So another point is that oftentimes like memories when we think back on them is even better than the actual lived experience. Like we kind of have like this sheen of like, I don't know, like a happier view of yeah, our like past. Yeah, like you have rose-colored glasses. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Rose-colored glasses looking at the past. So it's almost like her memories are even better than what she lived through, <laughs> if that makes sense, which is even more of a yeah. reason to just like stick with the, your current life at 42. I think she needed to. I mean, I would have wanted to go back, I think, to 26 just because that would have offered her the opportunity to kind of relive the journey of like how she became who she became, you know? Especially yeah. there was like – with the career, she was super successful and like her children and she could see living in her forties as the 26 year old, how great of a mother she was, certain things that she did that her kids were like loved about her. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. even knew, I thought that was interesting that they were like, you're not my mommy. Like you're an alien, alien, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. Like, and I thought that was really like thought provoking just because her kids who know her so well knew that something was off and and the outward facing was the same. It was just that yeah. like she hadn't evolved as a person to get to who she was at 40. So I think that was the right thing because in order to, to get to live that life, like you have to earn certain things and grow and develop. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I agreed with her decision. Yeah, 100%. It's like almost selfishly you'd want to stay just because like Uh you have it all, but it's almost like it doesn't feel as good. You don't feel like you've earned it because you haven't if you don't Yeah, you don't feel connected to any of it. Like I don't think she felt connected to her kids until the very end, which I thought that was really cool to see that develop. But what a weird sensation to be like, I don't – I feel like she felt more like the nanny than their mom. Yeah. And so – I think it's like not a fulfilling life very important for her to go back yeah next question at the end of the book Sophie Cousins the author asked some of her friends and family what advice they would give their 26 year old self so what is a piece of advice you would give your younger self um I'll go first just short and sweet I feel like I would really want to instill into myself to stop caring so much what other people think of you and like stop trying so hard for to make people Mm. like you because like it literally doesn't matter all that matters is that you like yourself and you're proud of yourself. Beautifully said. I think I would have said maybe trust your gut, like listen to your intuition. If something mm. doesn't feel right, like it probably isn't. And maybe like to just know that whether things like end in success or they don't, like there's a valuable lesson that is going to shape your understanding of like love, of relationships, of things like that, and to just trust God, trust the journey. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I think mine would be to just be confident in yourself, be confident in the decisions that you make, and similarly stop worrying about what other people think Mm -hmm. because it does not matter. And I think when you can own the decisions that you make, that just leads to greater confidence down the road and gives you more ability to set boundaries down the road and – Yeah. Beautiful. 
Love. Moving right along. Did we shed any tears while reading this book? Because like this book was light and fluffy, but it was also really deep at the same time. (laughs) This is what I was talking about earlier. At the end, like after I closed the book, shut it, processed, like walked around the house for a few seconds, got water, (laughs) like came back. Mm -hmm. Then I was like very emotional. Oh. It was very weird for me. Like I needed to like take a step back, yeah. um, really process. But I found myself like very emotional just because it like mm. – I don't know. It makes you reflect about your own life, the relationships in it, how much time you have with the people. Um, like you don't know. Like not every day is not promised. And I think this book, 100%. that was like a big, a big message in it. And so it just makes you think like – Am I telling the people I love like how much I care about them every day? And that's so good. Yeah, that was that hit me deeply. 100%. For me, it was whenever she gave Mr. Um, Finkley his plants. Oh, Mr. Finkley. That part made me tear up. And that was, I literally look over, I'm like, why am I crying? I didn't even like this book and I'm crying (laughs) at this part. That part was just precious. That's cute. Sometimes all people need is a simple, a simple act of kindness to change their life. So I loved that part. Oh, I really love that. That's really, really sweet. I teared up a couple times, but the, definitely the one that sticks out is when pretty much at the very end of the book where she brings Felix the remote. She like saves the day because he worked so hard on building this like artificial heart thing and it needed the remote and he forgot it at home. So she dashes to his school, gives him the remote and he knows that she's leaving. She's like on her way to the portal or whatever and they say goodbye. And I thought that was just like really painful. He's like, I'll see you when you get through, like when you finally make it back over here. It's like, the what? next time around. The next time around, that's what he said. That killed me. Killed. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next question. Did you have any laugh out loud moments in the book? What was the funniest moment that stood out? I think all of her interactions with Felix were hilarious. And just watching that relationship evolve was very unique. Mm -hmm. Just like the banter between mother and son. I've never seen – I've never read a book like that. So cute. I loved it. I think that really warmed my heart. Yeah. Felix was just like such a funny, star smart of the show. little boy. Felix was the star yeah. of this book for sure. Had a lot of one-liners that had me laughing. It was really <laughs> good. I love that. I think the funniest part to me was her date with Dale. Like it was pretty early on in the book and she's on this date with this oh, ho- horrible yes. man and <laughs> the tongue sucker. <laughs> I was literally dying. I laughed out loud. It was really painful to read that scene but so funny. Um, yeah, this whole book, it was full of like really funny, entertaining parts, but that part was probably like the one that I just like, caught me so off guard and it made me laugh really hard. SG did not have any funny moments. I didn't, but I want to say, I think I would have enjoyed this better as a movie than a book. I just think oh, that this wasn't yeah. my favorite kind of book because when we're sitting here talking about it, I'm like, dang, I would love to watch this as a movie. I want to see Felix's facial expressions. I want to see their interactions with each other. And I think I just wasn't like getting it in the book, but I think I would be obsessed with this as a movie. So this may be an instance where I love the movie more than the book. Okay. We need to get this adapted ASAP. I was thinking about that a lot when we were doing the casting. It would be such a good movie. Next question. What was the most swoon-worthy moment in this book for you? 
it wasn't as romantic as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't like a true romance book, but there was a couple little cute moments. Um, the recording studio. When they me were in the recording too. studio. The piano where he's got his hands over her hands. Yeah. Piano. Me too. That was my same one. And oh, he pushes her up against the door. That was Woo! it for me. I was like, <laughs> get it. The saving grace of this book. I'm dead. That's That funny. was cute. I think mine was probably – uh, when Sam is recounting how they met at the karaoke bar. Yeah. It was very romantic. I love that too. Okay, moving right along. What was your favorite scene of this book? The scene where Lucy goes shopping. That was oh. one of my favorite <laughs> scenes. Like her, her shopping at the high-end stores. And yes, and when she buys herself the power suit, like it was such <laughs> a – like she was just so giddy about the whole thing. And I felt like it really was an empowering moment. I feel like everyone has that moment when you finally are able to buy that one thing that you've been like saving for that's like always been a dream and now you can get it. So fun. And so seeing her kind of like take charge in that way was was cool. That was really fun. Even though she got yelled at once she got home. (laughs) Yeah, and everyone was like making fun of her suit. They're like, what is that? What are you wearing? Like you look weird. Yeah. (laughs) But it was very – just like the whole scene with the shop, with the personal shopper, like all of that was such a dreamy So fun. Moment. My favorite scene – I don't know that I have an exact favorite scene, but I love like anytime she was really connecting with the kids, like playing with Felix and like starting to feel like a mom and like understanding like the fun parts of motherhood instead of just like the stressful like crazy ones when they make up the octopus game and they're – they just like have that really fun – little moment together after she's got like she's had like the worst day feels like a big failure and then she ends up like having the most fun ever with her kids and it all like is okay and worth it I thought that was so sweet and just pocket day like when her Felix and the other baby I can't even think of the little baby's name the little girl um Amy 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 they're all playing at the park and it's just so cute and Felix is like oh it's pocket day because they're all wearing pockets and I just (laughs) it's just a cute little insight (laughs) she's like a a cute little family like inside joke type of thing, which is so precious. And like that's what makes up like families and what makes them so special. It's just little things like that. I loved. And at the end of the book, Sophie Cousins mentioned that that's something that her son actually made up. And so she used it in the book. And I thought that was cute because I was like, this must be from real life because how do you just make up something like that, you know? That was my favorite scene was the one where they're in the park with the bluebells and the way she describes – the different like under the tree when they're all playing together. It's the same pocket day scene, but that was my favorite, favorite little moment. That's sweet. All right. Moving on to favorite quote. You guys have any from this book? As she said, she didn't take away any quotes, but maybe you. I had too many. I actually did. Oh. I only have one, but okay. it's the one that says, I'll take the heartache and the horror the losses to the fear of not knowing how it will all come to be because that is life in all its glorious, messy technicolor. Oh, that's very beautiful. I know. I said I didn't like this book, but there's a lot of things like I did like. <laughs> Starting to like it now that we're talking about it. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Um, my favorite quote was, people need wishes as much as they need bread and milk, maybe more so. I thought that was just like a cute, whimsical Love. little quote. I think it was from Love the- that. The lady in the little convenience store. Yeah, it was. The wish lady. I have two. The first one I have, I wear the gray in my hair as a badge of honor, the privilege of aging. I loved that one. I did love that one. Beautiful. It like really 
spoke to me because it's really about like embracing aging and that's a whole other topic that we could do a whole podcast on pretty much. I feel like when she wakes up and sees like the C-section scar, like the saggy skin, like all the things that was, that scene like really was eye-opening. Um, but I love that. And then also plants don't mind who you are, what you've done or what you've forgotten. If you visit them frequently and look at them properly, you'll sense what they need. People are the same. You don't need Aww. to know someone's entire history to know when they need a hug. That's so good. It just that reminds you to precious. You know, check in on people. A lot of times we feel connected to people through social media and things like that. Yeah. And you realize like you don't have a relationship with these people outside of like liking or commenting and there's no like one-on-one interactions. And so I thought that was very sweet. That's so good. Wait, there were way more good quotes in here than I even remember. I read this as a physical book and I usually read my Jolly Cove books on my Kindle so I can highlight and like have everything in one place. And Mm. I didn't do that for this book and I feel like I won't do that again going forward with Jolly books because I just – it's hard to like keep track of – your quotes and stuff if you don't have it on the Kindle. I just wanted to bring up one little thing about the like a loose end or plot hole type of thing. We don't all have to go into all of them because I'm sure that we have like a million questions and loose ends from this book. But I I feel like I was satisfied with this ending as far as like, she, you know, we know that she ends back up with Sam and like has this future ahead of her because she goes to the karaoke bar at the la- when she, you know, goes back to her regular life. But I'm just so curious, what happens to the family when she goes back into her 26-year-old life? Are they remembering that this happened or they just have their mom back and it's just normal? Because I don't I don't think that was very clear. And I really needed to know if Felix was like aware that his mom was back. I think it's kind of like the multiverse where like in that plane, like they know as soon as she leaves that she's coming back as their mom. Do you know what I mean? Because like it feels like a blip never happened. So like that's how I took it. Okay. Very Marvel. That's how I took it as well. I kept thinking about the multiverse because I watched um, – <laughs> I don't watch any Marvel that stuff, one, so that's Loki. why I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I watched I watched the Loki show and Mario was explaining all of the timeline stuff to me because it was very confusing. But <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Of. I was like, okay, I think when she leaves, like things will go back to normal for them and then they'll keep living life on a different timeline. Uh, okay. Okay. Wrapping up, what was our moral of the story or like the biggest message that we took away? Because I feel like this was very much like a moral of the story type of book. Just quickly, mine was life is about the journey, not the destination. Oh, that's beautiful. Issa, did you have one? I wrote like a, I wrote a lot of things, but I put like the significance of aging and the privilege that it brings, the importance of appreciating one's body and experiences, the value of connections with others, and... Beautiful. Just the complexity of like human experience. That's so good. Yeah. Love. I had so many. I think maybe my biggest thing is that like it all works out in the end. Like it all happens when it's supposed to. Trust the process. Trust the process. Oh, and I kept writing this in like all my notes. Not everything in life is black and white. I feel like that was like constant. Ooh, that's good. Mm. A constant one, especially when it comes to Mr. Finkley. Like she kind of dismissed him and she was like, oh, whatever. Like, and in your 20s, you're self absorbed in your narrative, I think. And then you realize as you get older that everybody has things going on around you. So that was good. We have come to the portion of the episode where we are going to rate the book, calculate the average. What was your overall star rating for this book or your official star rating for this book? 4.8. 4.8. That's really good. I love this one. I still can't give a five. I still cannot give a five because we haven't read that many books yet. Like, I don't know. So this is your highest rated Jolly Cove book so far. But this is my highest rating. 
Yeah. Wow. Dang. I love that. Okay, let's make this like a compliment sandwich type of thing. So SG, you go next. <laughs> Y'all, I promise I'm typically like obsessed with the books. Um, 2.5. <gasps> oh, that hurts. I rated this a 4.6 because it was better than a 4.5, but it just – the questions I had at the end uh, – I don't know. Now that we've talked about it, I feel like I've even more warm, feel more warmly towards it. But when, right when I finished, I was like, okay, four point six, because I it was. What sadder. did you give Divine Rivals? Five. Did you look, rate Divine Rivals higher? Oh, that's right. I know. Interesting. It is interesting because I feel like I kind of I had more fun reading this book than I did Divine Rivals. But Divine Rivals had me swooning and kicking my feet and like swept up in a magical cozy land. But this one was more fun. That's true. SG has to peace out. So we are going to wrap it up right here. I had so much fun chatting about this book. Y'all want to stay in chit chat. Y'all will probably have more fruitful conversations (laughs) than me. Feel free. Love you. Love you so much. Send pics. Love you. Bye. Issa, I can't believe she didn't like it. I cannot. No, I literally cannot believe she didn't like it. We can trash talk her now. Let's get it. (laughs) (laughs) How did she not like it? I just kind of love, though, how reading is so personal. Like, even, like, we have very similar taste in other books and, like, things that we watch and consume. Mm. And it's so funny how a book can just, like, really speak to someone, even if you have really similar taste, and the other person's just like, what is this pile of crap? When I'm reading, I like to feel like I'm learning something, even if it's, like, a fictional – and I find that I really like historical fiction. I feel like in the past, like, when people ask me what my favorite book genre is, I always say historical fiction because I feel like that way I'm taking an event that actually happened. I'm learning about it through somebody's experience and maybe that somebody isn't a real person, but, like, it reflects a real person's experience. Like, I remember reading totally. a book on Pearl Pearl Harbor and it was, like, a, a little girl that grew up and that happened to her. And that was really – I remember that book, like, growing up really shaped my perception of different things just because it's, like, something you haven't experienced. So even though this wasn't historical and it was something – but it's something that, I mean, we'll never experience, most likely. <laughs> so I feel like there's a lot to learn, and that's why I enjoyed it. I completely agree. I feel like reading, they say, it like, really helps you become more empathetic as a person because mm. you're reading through scenarios that other people go through that you'll never go through, but, like, it helps you understand people better. And also historical fiction is so good because I'm never going to sit down and read a history book, but, like, you're getting, like, factual history. It's just the person's experience is fictional, but it's still, like, similar to what someone actually went through. Yeah. This convo is so pertinent to the next book that we're doing because we're going to be doing The Women by Kristen Hanna, which is historical fiction. And it's about the women who served in Vietnam. They were nurses in Vietnam. And so their experience, because when you look back at the war, like any war really, you're really hearing about the men's perspective of it and like what they went through. I think it's going to be so interesting to read about. It's definitely going to be like brutal and sad and hard to read, but I feel like it'll be good for us to read it. And I feel like also it'll just be great combo. Yeah. I felt like coming into this book, I had a, such a different vibe and it was so much more exciting and fun to read just because it was so different than the other ones we had read. Yeah. It just had such a different vibe. And I think that also kind of changes your perspective while reading. So I'm excited to take a take a turn. It's going to be good. Yeah. I feel like The Woman will definitely be like the heaviest book that we've done so far, but I'm excited about it. So yeah, that's the next book. That'll be the March book. And I'm really excited about it. I'm excited. Okay. Do we have any more thoughts we want to share before we officially wrap it up? 
Did you have any thoughts about, because I feel like we didn't talk about that, about the whole conversation around aging and about your body as you age? Yeah. I don't know why. I just kind of like breezed past that, even though it, like you bringing it up and like, yeah, that is such like a a theme in this book. It would be so shocking to wake up and you're in that body and not having earned that body, if that makes sense. Like you haven't like had an actual C-section, like live through that experience. So it would just be so jarring, but like going through it and being able to understand what this means, like you went through all this. So your body looks like this. So you can be so proud and like happy in your skin because the life that you lived is like the reason why you look this way. Oh, that's true. I thought that was really beautiful. And it really didn't like sink into me until you brought it, until you brought it up, like sink in for me. I thought that was interesting. And, and the way that they brought it into conversations with the friends, like whenever she saw the friends and she was like, oh, this person looks exactly the same. This person like has a little, like has some crow's feet and, but like mostly the same. And then she saw, I don't remember who it was. And she was like, oh, but she's aging differently. Like <laughs> she must have had Botox, whatever. Work done. And it was just funny. Yeah. She got some work done. Cause you don't, I guess like you wouldn't realize those things because everybody's on the same timeline. Like we're all aging together, right? So all your friends are going into their thirties yeah. and then eventually their forties and they're experiencing it together. Whereas like she was the odd one out because she looked that way, but in her head, she's like, everyone looks like it was a shock different. It all came and, on at once. Yeah, it was, it was a shock. And like seeing her friends with children and like married and it was just, I think that would be kind of shocking. Yeah. Also something we didn't talk about is the way that it's literally 16 years in the future from now, which was kind of fun. Like all the like little like subtle futuristic elements, but like some of them weren't that subtle. Like the talking car, like Stanley Tucci. Like I definitely want Stanley Tucci to be narrating my life in my car (laughs) whenever we're 16, 20 years in the future. No, I died with Stanley Tucci. And then like the coffee prices being like $15 for coffee, like we're not far off from there at this point. So I can see that happening. I felt like it must have been so fun to write that because yeah. she she added little things when she integrated technology that made it still feel very familiar to our world, um, but yeah. just made it fun to think about. And I like that because it wasn't like, okay, we're living in an alternate dimension where it feels so different that it almost like takes you away from the book and distracts you. But it was, some of it was fun. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. Like, I wonder if there, that's something that's like being worked on and like the fitness, the fab fit fun thing that she, oh <laughs> she kept getting like yeah. the reminders about like what you should be <laughs> eating and like what you should be buying. Like that's fun and I think it was still like in touch with what we see now. Yeah, exactly. Is It didn't feel so out there. It was like very realistic. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, I thought the part – back to the aging part. Her nanny, Marie, I think was her name, uh-huh. was just like would go and get her facelift done. Like that's so normal then. And they're like, oh, don't go to like nip and tuck. That place is crap. But like it's so yeah, funny. That that's just like a bad. regular thing. No one like bats an eyelid. Like everyone's doing that in the future. Yeah. I thought the conversation around – like aging and and how we cope and things like that was very interesting. I enjoyed it a lot. And just how like real the friends were with each other. Yeah. I think the friends piece was fun. It kind of shows you the advantages of living in your 20s that maybe you take for granted in terms of like when you're single and the experience that you can have. You can pour more time into friendships and things like that. And then once you're older, like you don't have – as much time like what how does that change things I like that yeah it's like taking advantage of the season that you're in 
And like you don't realize it until you look back. Like they always say hindsight's twenty twenty or whatever. It's like you don't realize how you can take a certain season of life or a person in your life for granted until you look back. So I do kind of wish that she like remembered because it's almost like, well, she's going to go back to her life. And obviously when she woke up back in her regular life, she was feeling different. She's like, oh, I'm just like in such a better mood. And she started making good choices. And a pep in her step. Yeah, the pep in her step. But she didn't like actually remember what was going on. So she couldn't really carry those lessons with her. I was shocked about that. I thought she would remember. In Cat in the Hat, when the cat leaves, they remember. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they remember. Well, I wonder if she was inspired by Cat in the Hat to write this book. She mentioned actually – It's almost like giving like a Mary Poppins or a Cat in the Hat. Like once the the thing goes away, like the point is you should remember because then all of it was for nothing. Yeah. You know? I mean, I guess it wasn't for nothing because she did have another perspective on life a little bit. But eventually – that's going to go away. Eventually, she'll just like feel regular again. Yeah. And she's going to go back to like, I hate the, the the leaking ceiling in my neighbor. Yeah. I wonder if like – because I, I don't know if it was the lady in the, the wishing machine lady, if she said it, but she was like, well, why can't I remember? And she was like, because you would just be acting so different. Like you wouldn't let things happen the way they're supposed to because you would be trying to control and like think, oh, it's supposed to end up like this. So I'm like, okay, I guess that kind of makes sense. But also it's sad because I wanted her to like – be excited to meet her, you know, to know who she was going to meet and excited to like have Felix and her babies and stuff like that. Although there was also the sad parts, like if she knew about Chloe, like while she was pregnant with Chloe, what was going to happen, like how that would affect her. That would be unbelievably Oh, painful. I didn't think about that. That's No, that just – yeah, I didn't think about it either until just now. I, that's why – it's interesting that a book can make you feel so many ways about something and that's I think the mark of like a really great book and a great writer is that they make you feel so many like conflicting emotions and like brings up so many questions. It's true. As I was reading, I kept thinking like, I was like, oh, I have to mark this. We have to talk about this. Like there's so much to talk about. It almost feels like you can't really cover it all in a- In one little podcast episode. One hour conversation. Like it's, yeah. Because, and they were all such deep themes too. It was like friendship could be talked about. Aging could be talked about. Like the the relationship with like family and like husband and the kids and yeah, career was like a huge thing. Oh, 100%. I feel like this is such a good- like the perfect book club book because there are so many themes to discuss and like things to think about around it. I feel like if we were meeting in real life and this wasn't like a podcast episode, we could talk about this for like four hours and just like have a beautiful long lunch or brunch or something and just like chat about it. It'd be so fun. Exactly. I have a Felix question. What's the opposite of a podcast? (laughs) Oh, that was funny. (laughs) What was the question he said? What's the opposite of a – what's the opposite of a house? And in my head, I was like a home. No, that's like the same. That's like a synonym. A house is just the building. A home is like once you like cultivate it. I think the opposite of a house. He was like, what's the opposite of a house? No house? He said no house. <laughs> like, yeah. Opposite of a house would be like a… A shack. It's not the opposite though. No, because it's still a house to someone. I don't know. <laughs> opposite of a podcast. <laughs> the opposite of a podcast would be a movie because it's not audio. It's visual. Yeah, but there is also audio, so is it opposite? It would be like a, a mime, someone like miming something. Yeah, or an, a, a video like with no sound. <laughs> it's just so cute and silly. Like his little questions, I loved it so much. And they're such funny and interesting questions because like, yeah, what is the opposite of a house? Like not everything necessarily has an opposite, I guess. 
Or does it? I don't know. I feel like when you're a parent, you just get used to answering a lot of like really out of the box questions. Makes your critical thinking better. Yeah. You don't even probably notice like how funny these questions are. You're just like, that's my kid. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I love Felix. And he's like, what if I ate this? Would it kill me? What if I – how many of these would I need to eat? Would I die? (laughs) It was so good. Okay. I think those are all my thoughts for now. Yeah. I'm sure I will ponder this for a while. We can chat in the Jolly Cove group chat. For sure. And uh, talk more about it with any more thoughts that come up. Okay. Exciting. All right. That is it for this episode officially. I did not expect us to talk for so much longer after SG left, but there's just so much more to say. So I'm glad we stuck around. Okay, we love you guys, and we'll see you in the next one soon. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Jolly Cove and being a part of this book-loving community. Don't forget to tap the follow button or subscribe button wherever you're listening to this so that you never miss a new episode. And if you want to stay in touch in between episodes, you can follow Jolly Cove Book Club over on Instagram and TikTok. And last but not least, if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to make our day, please, please, please go and leave a nice rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It gives us a huge boost and helps more book lovers discover the show. We hope you're having a super cozy day and we're so excited to continue freaking out about books with you very soon. Bye!